Hello, Kindalach. It's Yud Beis Tammuz time. As you know, Yud Beis Tammuz is the day the previous Rebbe came out of prison. Why was he in prison? Because he had Mesiras Nefesh. He risked his life, he put himself in danger to teach Torah Hasidis to all the Hasidim in Russia, to all the Jewish people. He made haters for the little children, and the Russian government did not like it. They said, you're not allowed to have Jewish schools. You're not allowed to have a cheder where Jewish children learn to. And he did not listen to them. He made a lot of chadorim, a lot of haters all over Russia. Children were learning to in hiding, in basements, secretly, so the police wouldn't see them. And because of that, when they saw Hadafir the Geb was doing these amazing things. He was teaching Torah and making sure that Jewish people and the Jewish children learn a lot of Torah and they keep the mitzvahs and they don't listen to the police and they don't listen to the government. To the... And so they put him in jail because they saw that he was the one who was encouraging everybody to learn Torah. So they took him and put him in prison. And you know what? They put him in a terrible prison, in a prison where they killed the people that got into that prison. They wanted to do this to the Friedrich Rebbe too, but Hashem made a big mess. And after a few weeks, they let him out. It was a big mess, and that's why you based on such a big yontav. But you should know that the Friedrich Rebbe was in prison many times. Seven times total. He was seven times in prison. The first time he was in prison, you know how old he was? How old was he? 11 years old. He was a little boy, 11 years old, before his bar mitzvah. He was already in prison. What did he do? Why did he end up in prison? Here is the story. Here comes the amazing story how the previous Rebbe was a little boy, 11 years old, ended up in prison. And what happened? Why did he go to prison? And how did he get out? This is the amazing story. The Fiyitika was a little boy. He learned in Cheder. Every day from morning to night he would study Torah with his friends and with his teacher and they would learn and learn. And learn. Now, one of the things the Friedrich Rebbe did a lot because his father told him to do it was that he learned Mishnayis Balpeh. The Rebbe Rashab, who was the father of the Friedrich Rebbe, told his son, the Friedrich Rebbe, that he must learn Mishnayis Balpeh and for every Perik Mishnayis he learns Balpeh, he will get money. He gave him like five cupcakes, five coins for every Perik Mishnais. And the Friedrich Rebbe learned Mishnais all the time, every day. He learned another Perik Mishnais and another Perik Mishnais until he saved a lot of money. You know how much money he saved? 30 rubles. 30 rubles is like having $500. It's like a lot of money. Now, when the when that story took place, the Rebbe's, the previous Rebbe's father, the Rebbe Rashab and his mother, they were both traveling somewhere. They went away, they had to go away. And they left the previous Rebbe with his grandmother. He stayed and was eating and sleeping in the house of his grandmother, the Rebbe Rivka. And he would go every day to Cheder. He missed his Tati and Mami, but they were going to come back in a few days, but they had to leave 
So he stayed with his grandmother. He went to Cheder every morning and learned. Now, in those days, when you went to Cheder, in the city of Lobavitch, you, had, you went home for lunch. You went home for lunch, and after lunch you went back to Cheder. You learned till the night. Every day like that. At that time, the Friedrich Rebbe already had learned, you know how much Mishnah is Balpeh? He knew the whole Seder Zroim and the whole Seder Moyed. You know how many Zdorim the whole Mishnah has? Six. He knew two out of the six. That means a third of the entire Mishnah is a third. Two Sedorim, that means it's a huge amount of Mishnah. He already knew Balpeh. He knew by heart when he was 11 years old. And from all the money that he made from the Mishnah's Balpeh, you know what he did? He decided, um, his father gave him the idea to make a fund. That means he would have money, and instead of just buying candy and buying toys, you know what he did with his money? He did mitzvahs. What's the biggest mitzvah you can do with money? What's the biggest mitzvah you can do with money? You give it to tzedakah. But you know what's even a bigger mitzvah than tzedakah? Tzedakah, you give to a poor person, and that's it. You give, you give it away, you never see it again. The poor person takes it and buys himself food, and he eats. But there's a bigger mitzvah than tzedakah. You know what it is? You give people that need a loan. They need to borrow money. Because let's say somebody, a poor person, he's trying to make money so he can feed his family, so he needs to buy something. So in Russia, you know, in the small towns, people would buy, let's say, a chicken a live chicken, and you would come to the marketplace and sell it, and sell it and make a little bit of money. You sell it for more money than you bought it for. So they say you make a little profit, and then you can buy without money, you can buy food. So but sometimes these people didn't have money to buy a chicken, or to buy a shepsala, a lamb. They would have to borrow the money, and when they sell it, they can pay back the loan. So the, that it says in the Gemara that giving loans to people that need the money so they can buy things and then they can sell it and make a living so they can make money so they can live. That's even a bigger mitzvah tzedakah because you're helping those people make their own money. You give them money as a loan but and then when they make the money, they, they pay back the loan. And the Fiedig Rebbe took all his 30 rubles and made it like a loan. Everybody who needs money, they need to buy something, but they don't have the money for now. I'll give you a loan, and you pay me back whenever you have the money. And especially the Jews in Lubavitch that were simple Jews, but they're people who made, <coughs> who, who worked very hard, and they needed to buy things for their work, and so they can sell things and make money. He would give them loans. The Fiedig would give them like five rubles, 10 rubles, 3 rubles. This guy wanted to buy a cow, so he didn't have any money, so he can then make the, take the milk from the cow and sell it, and then make money from this. But Fedega would give him like 10 rubles here. You can buy yourself a cow. And then when they made enough money from the milk, they pay him back the 10 rubles. And that went on for a long time. One day, the Fedega Rebbe was 11 years old, as I said, and he came home to eat lunch from Cheder. He had learned the whole morning a lot of Gemara and a lot of Chumash, and he learned really well, and then he went home with his friend Shimon. His friend Shimon 
and and the previous Rebbe were walking together, and when they were walking, they were walking through the marketplace, and the marketplace was in the middle of the town of Lubavitch. There was once a week there was a market day when everybody came from all over around Lubavitch, and they would sell chickens, they would sell cows, they would sell leather like little pieces of. Leather. They would sell onions and eggs and cheese and all kind of fruits and vegetables. So, <clears throat> when the Friedrich had to go home for eat lunch from Cheder, he had to pass through the market, and the market was full of people. Many, many people were uh, going through the market and um, you know selling and buying stuff. The Friedrich Rebbe saw that uh, there was this guy, David. David was a very simple Jew. He was like 50 years old. He had six children. He was very, very poor. And he did a lot of hard work in the marketplace so he could make a little bit of money so he could feed his six children and his wife and himself. They would have a little bit of food at home. And this Reb David would do anything just to make a little bit of money. He, anything. You want him to schlep a big bag of, of, of apples to a store and they paid him for that. He would make that, do that work. Or he would buy a chicken and sell it in the market and make a little bit of money. He would buy a, a, a shepsela and he would sell it. He would do anything. And he often needed money loans from the Friedrich Rebbe because the Friedrich Rebbe was a little boy, but he had a, a <clears throat> 30 rubles that he would give out for loans. And David wanted to buy a chicken, didn't have any money because it was very poor. And the Friedrich Rebbe would give him 10 rubles here. David, when you sell your chicken, you make your money, you can pay me back then. He would work very hard, this David. He would work in the summer, in the winter, even when it was snowing. He needed to work because otherwise he could, wouldn't have food to eat. <clears throat> this David was very simple. He didn't know how to learn Torah much. All he knew is how to read. He would daven every day. He knew Tehillim by heart. And he would say Pirka of his, uh, but he didn't know much. All he knew is how to read. And he would daven. He would get up very early every morning and be from the first people to go to Shul. And he would say the whole Tehillim every morning. And he would daven very early. He was a very good Jew, a very good Jew, but he wasn't very learned. He was just very simple. The Friedrich Rebbe says that this simple Rebbe David was such a special Jew that he, was, he would enjoy a mitzvah. He would, the Friedrich Rebbe would love to watch this David whenever he came Friday. Before Shabbos, he would go to the mikveh, especially for Shabbos. And when he walked out of the mikveh to go home, like an hour before Shabbos, this David, his face looked so beautiful. You could see he was so happy that Shabbos is coming. He really enjoyed the Shabbos, even though he didn't know how to learn, but he loved mitzvahs. And Friedrich would love to see his face when he came out from the mikveh to go home for Shabbos. His face was like all so excited. And he had his children walking with him. Then he would go to shul after he went home and, and he was finished getting ready for Shabbos. He would go home for, for Shabbos to the shul and he would like be so excited. This simple Rabbi David was once walking through the market exactly when the Friedrich Rebbe was walking through the market to go home from Cheder. It was lunchtime. He and his friend Shimon were walking 
through the marketplace to go home to eat lunch. And they saw Reb David. Reb David, Reb David was called Reb David the Butcher because Reb David would always sell meat. He would find a, a shepsala and he would buy the shepsala and then he would have the shoychat shech the shepsala and from the meat that he would sell, he would make a little bit of money. Then he would have food for his family. He sees this Reb David, the feeling he was walking through the market, and he sees Reb David whose face is dark because he was filthy from, you know, when you work with animals and you pick them up and they're full of dust, it goes all over his face. But he didn't care. He was carrying uh, a, a, a shepsala in his hand, on his shoulder, actually. And in his hand, he had a whole basket full of chickens. And in his other hand, he had something else. He was, was trying to sell things so he would make money. And when the Fidikeb saw him, this Reb David was looking at the Fidikeb with a smile and says, Ah, I hope Hashem will help me that I will make a little bit of money from selling these things. Can you imagine carrying a Shepsala, a live Shepsala on your shoulders, and a whole basket full of chicken, live chickens in your hand and on your arm? And in his other arm, he had something else. I think it was a little lamb, a living. He was carrying so many things. It was very hard work, but he was happy, always happy. He never complained. He always had trust in Hashem. Hashem will help him and he'll make a little bit of money. <clears throat> as, I, as before Reb David, when Reb David saw me and he was so happy and told me Hashem will help him to make some money, an officer, a Russian mean officer, approached David, slapped him across the face so hard that his nose began to bleed. When when I saw this, I couldn't stand it. I screamed. I screamed at the officer. I said, you drunkard, you stupid drunken person. And I pushed him so hard that his little, you know, medal, he had a little medal on his uniform, you know, that the officers carried, that the government gave him a medal that he's a special officer. It fell off and fell on the ground and got all dirty. And this officer saw me, a little boy, pushing him and cursing him and calling him drunker. You drunk, you stupid drunk. What are you doing to this Jew? What did he do wrong? This is such a special Jew, David. Why are you slapping him in the face? Why are you making his nose bleed like this? When the officer saw this, he got so angry at me, he grabbed me. And what did he do? He took me by my shirt and pulled me, and he told one of the other officers, here, take him quickly to the, to the police station. You have to take this boy to the police station because he did something terrible. And the other officer, a big, strong Russian peasant who was supposedly an officer, who was also half drunk, you could smell the mashke from his mouth, He's grabbing me with his strong hands and he's pulling me through the market. The market was so full of people with wagons and horses. People coming from all over trying to sell and buy stuff. So nobody noticed me because there was so much noise in the market. And I was dragged by this officer so with such cruel hands. And he took me to the police station. When I came to the police station, the big officer who was in charge of the police station, I said, uh-huh, what did you do? And the police officer said, this boy pushed me and I was trying to take away 
a, a lamb, a shepsala that David was carrying, which I know he stole. David must have stolen it. And that's why he slapped him. And he, this boy, came and pushed me away. He should go to jail. Well, the head of the police station said to me, okay, we're going to put you in jail. And they grabbed me. First, he gave me a slap across the face. He says, you bad boy, what did you do? And then he grabbed me by my ears and he schlepped me into one of the prison rooms. It was a dark, dark room. You couldn't see anything. There were no windows. It was pitch dark. And he closed the door and left me alone in that pitch dark room. It was scary. And also I was very hungry. I didn't eat lunch. I was on my way to go home to eat lunch and I didn't eat. So I was very hungry. And I was alone in this dark room, very scared. There was no chairs. You had to sit on the floor. <clears throat> but then I had an idea. You know, I heard from my father, the Rebbe Rashab, that, you know, all the Rebbes of Chabad, all the Rebbes, they all sat in jail. The Alter Rebbe was in prison and came out on Yutes Kislev. The Mittler Rebbe was in prison. He came out on Yud Kislev. Every one of the Rabbein was in prison. <coughs> Almost everyone. And I thought, ah, I am also sitting in prison like my ancestors, like my forefathers, like the Rebbes before me. And why am I in prison? Because I helped another Jew. What a special thing it is to sit in jail because you did a mitzvah. You tried to save a Jew from a mean officer. And I was very happy to know that I also had a special, special, you know, uh, joy that I could be in prison for a mitzvah. But then I thought, you know, I know Mishnahis Bopeh. Why should I waste my time here in this dark room? I'm going to start saying Mishnahis. I don't have books here. I don't have Svarim here. I can't read here anything, but I can. I have it. I know it by heart. What a great idea. You know Mishnahis Bopeh. You can always learn Torah, even if you're in a dark room without any Mishnahis, without any books. So I started learning Mishnahis Bopeh. And then suddenly, I hear a noise in the room from the other corner, the far corner on the other side of the room. It's dark, I can't see what it is, but I hear something moving. And also I hear like this thing that's moving is also making a sound. It's going, ah, and I got very scared. What is this in the room with me? I can't even see it. But then I decided, you know what? I gotta just focus on my Mishnayas. I shouldn't worry. I should trust in Hashem. And I started again reviewing Mishnayas and continuing my Mishnayas. And I tried to go as far away from that corner where that noise was coming from. And I continued with my Mishnayas on and on and on. And then I remembered it's the afternoon. And it must be already Mincha time. I have to daven Mincha. And I thought I should daven Mincha now. Well, um, okay. He knew Mincha by heart. Friedrich Rebbe was 11 years old. He knew the whole Mincha by heart. He stood there and davened. And davened. And then he thought, oh, should I daven a special davening? You know, when Jewish people have trouble, 
and there are a lot of problems. We, we fast and we say Anenu, special prayers. Maybe I should say a special prayer because I'm in trouble. I'm in prison. Then I said, no, 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 no. This is a special day that I ended up in prison because I tried to save another Jew. I tried to protect another Jew. That's a, a yomtev. I should celebrate today. And instead, I'm not going to say tachnun because on a yomtev we don't say tachnun. And the Fidik Abedavid Mincha without saying tachnun. And when he finished Mincha, he went back to his Mishnayas. He finished the whole Seder Zroim and he started learning Seder Moyet. But as he started learning Seder Moyet, he heard again a noise coming from that corner where the thing was moving like wildly. So then I, my, my knees were shaking from fear, from all this noise. What is this thing on the other side of the room? And then I remembered that my friend Shimon had left, showed me a box of matches that he bought for his friend, Leib, his friend, his brother Leib. Sorry, he had a brother Leib that wanted matches. He bought matches for him. He wanted to show it to me, so he gave it to me to hold. But then when the police officer came, I didn't, I forgot to give it back to, to my friend Shimon. So I still have the matches in my pocket. And I say, you know what, let me light a match. That will create light in the room. And I'll be able to see what's on the other side of the room. So I lit the match. And I saw what was on the other side of the room. Guess what? That Shepsala, that Shepsala that the police officer took away from David in the marketplace was there in the corner of the room, tied up with a muzzle on his mouth. Right? So he couldn't eat anything, couldn't open his mouth. And that's why he was making sounds. He was like moving, he was restless. So then I calmed down. Because then I realized it's not something dangerous, it's just a Shepsala. So I sat with the Shepsala in the same room, and I finished Mishnah Yisroim, and I did... Mayid, and before I could finish the whole Seder Mayid, which is a long Seder with lots and lots of Mishnahis, I hear footsteps, footsteps outside the room that's coming into the room. And when the door opened, I see that the officer, the police officer, is at the door, and he said to me, please, please, please do me a favor. I didn't know you were the nephew of the Razo. Razo means Reb Zalman Aaron. Zalman Aaron was the brother of the Reb Rashab. He was the uncle of the previous Rebbe, and he was very important. Even the Goyim respected him, and even the police respected him. He said, oh, I didn't know you were his nephew. Apparently, the Rebbe's, the previous Rebbe's uncle, the Razo, heard that his nephew was in prison, so he immediately uh, sent a message a message to the police that they must let him go. He's my nephew. And the police officer who slapped the Friedrich Rebbe in his face, remember when he came to the police station, the head of the police station gave him a slap in the face and grabbed him by his ears and put him into the prison room. Well, that officer came to the door and, and asked, he begged, he begged the Friedrich Rebbe, please, please don't tell anyone what I did to you, that I slapped you in the face and that I pulled you by your ear. I, I'm so sorry, I, I, I didn't mean to do this. I really did it only because I do it to everybody. <clears throat> Please don't tell anybody. 
And after all, you know, when I slapped you in the face, there was no blood coming from your nose, and your teeth didn't fall out when I slapped you. So it's okay, don't worry. Just forgive me, don't, don't, do, don't say anything about it. When I came into the police station in the main room, I saw Reb David, the butcher, who I tried to protect, was, was right there in the room. And the officer who slapped him across the face and caused his nose to bleed was also standing there. And there were two witnesses, Rabbi Yoel, the one who used to make tin pots. That was his job. He would make tin pots and sell them. And Shoal, the wagon driver, Yoel and Shoal were there as witnesses to testify what happened, that they saw how the officer slapped this David in the face and grabbed away his, his shapsala. <clears throat> the officer said, well, I didn't do anything wrong. I took, I took away the Shepsula from David the Butcher because he stole this from Mayor the Butcher. Because we know Mayor the Butcher lost his Shepsula. Somebody had stolen it. So I noticed that this is Reb David. David the, the Butcher stole this from Mayor the Butcher. And Mayor the Butcher bought it from his brother. And so when I saw David carrying that shepsel, I recognized this is the shepsel of a mayor. David must have stolen it from him. So I tried to take it away. And that's why I slapped him across the face because he's a ganef. He's a thief. And then this long bunk boy, he points to the feet of the grabber. This boy came in and, and pushed me and grabbed my medal off my uniform. That's what this officer was saying. The witnesses, Rabbi Yoel, Rabbi Yoel and, and, uh, and Shoal, the wagon driver, they're saying, no, 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 no. They, we know for sure that David bought this chapsal. He didn't steal it. And then as they were talking, the, the servant of the Razor came and said, I'm here to collect and to take this boy, the free the Kirebbe, out of prison. And the head of the prison of the, of, the, of the police station said, okay, take him home, he's free to go. So now, all my friends from Cheda were waiting outside the police station to walk me home. And I walked home and I told them everything that happened. So when I heard, and we heard that Mayor the butcher had his calf stolen, they went to Mayor and tell him, you know, we have a calf, a shepsula, in the prison. Maybe that's yours. So Mayor came running quickly to the police station, and he told the head of the police station, I lost my, you know, my shepsula was stolen. Can I see the shepsula in the prison? And they all went inside the room, and indeed, it was the shepsula of Mayor. That was the stolen shepsula. Oi, did David really steal that shepsula from Mayor? It is. Mayor recognized it. Well, they started searching and investigating. You know what investigating means? You start f asking questions. A lot of people think, who is the real thief? Who really stole this Shepsala from Mayor the Butcher? It turns out, you know what? That police officer that slapped David in the face and made his nose bleed, he's the one who stole it. A week earlier, he stole it from Mayor. And then he sold it to David. And then he met David in the market. He, he ah, you stole the Shepsala from Mayor. 
He pretended that David stole the Shepsalah. But David did not steal the Shepsalah. He was this officer himself who stole the Shepsalah. And what did they do to this officer when they found out the truth? That David never stole anything. He was this officer who slapped him in the face and pretended that he's angry with David because he stole. David stole the Shepsalah. <coughs> in fact, the officer did it himself. And they put the officer in jail. And then they found out that he did a lot of other bad things. And they said, you can no longer be a police officer. And he became a poor man. Then the Friedrich went home and everything was good. And Rebbe Rashab came back from his trip. And they told everything that happened to the Rebbe Rashab. Friedrich told his father what happened to him in the jail and with David and, and, and how his, his nose was bleeding and they took him to jail. And the Friedrich said, Ah, I'm very proud of you. This is nice what you did. You protected a Jew who was was wrongfully uh, beaten and accused that he that he is the one who stole the, the Shepsley and it wasn't true, and you s- suffered several hours of being in prison. But you know what? It's worth to suffer for a mitzvah like that. And then his father told him the following: I want you to see. Look what happened to you. You are in the prison with the Shepsala. You're in the same room with the Shepsala. What would be the difference between you and the Shepsala if you didn't know Mishnayis? If you didn't know Mishnayis, you'd be sitting doing nothing. Just like the Shepsala was sitting and doing nothing. Just moving around a little bit. But thank Hashem that you knew Mishnayis Balpeh. So you were able to use that time to learn Torah even in prison. So from that day on, the Fidik Rebbe saw the importance, the importance of learning Mishnah and also the importance of protecting another person, even if sometimes you're doing something dangerous to yourself, but you're so upset that another Jew is being hurt by, by somebody, a villain, by a bad person, and you're doing it to protect him, then that's a great mitzvah. And... At that time, his father, the Rebbe Hashab, said, because you did this amazing mitzvah to save a Jew, and because of you, we found out the truth, that who is the real gun of the officer? I will give you 10 rubles. You can add this to your 30 rubles. And now, guess how many rubles the Fidik Rebbe had after this? I'll let you figure that out. Good Yantev.